Let me pray for us and we'll get started. Lord, thank you for all these quotes. There's a lot of talk here in this book about myth and Lewis and Tolkien and what this whole concept is. And I've already been talking about it all semester, especially the last couple of weeks. Bless our efforts here to learn and grow and to even be inspired. Thank you for the conversation last class of students who are really trying to wrap their brains around this. I pray that your spirit would just keep moving, uh, moving us towards knowing you better. I pray that some of these students would really genuinely be open to what it means to follow you, to be like you. Pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, just a couple logistical pieces. There's a lot of AP stuff going on this week and next week, so I know many of you will be in and out. Does anybody have any questions about the final project, the Quest project? Yes? No? Okay, that's fine. If you have any, just let me know. Yeah. So with your total events and your three bullet points, how detailed do you want those three bullet points? Not for me. You're not doing this for me. It's for who? So how detailed do you want it? Well, you still want us to like, take a picture of it and turn it in. Oh, you got to turn it in. But I, I'm flipping that on its head. If you're doing this just for me, then just do it for me. Put the points in and go move on. What I want to challenge you is like, the more detailed you make this, the more you're going to learn from it, the more you're going to get out of it when you make the metaphor. And honestly, just to be really blunt, the more details you put in, the easier the metaphor is because you have all these things that you can make with the metaphor. Like, what are the noodles in the shop? You know, like, you can go that detailed with these types of stories. That's why there's global, world-famous world stories, is these are really good writers, and all those details matter. Does that make sense? Yeah, remember, yeah, everything is completion grade. So if you at least put in three things and do it bullet points, you can get your grade and move on with life. <laughs> so if you're asking what I need for you, what it's what you need for completion, well, three things. Yeah? But the more you do, A, the easier it is, and the more funnerer it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also the richer the experience will be because you're really digging in and taking ownership for it. That's why I don't mind you just bulleting it out. It's get a whole bunch down there. You'll see me do it uh, especially next week when we get into the Fellowship of the Ring. But I'm going to start doing a bunch of that when we get to Silmarillion and Hobbit here in the next couple days. So, Good question. Other questions, thoughts, or comments? All right. Um, like I said, we're going to take these three weeks to talk about myth, to talk about Hobbit, to talk about Fellowship of the Rings. Friday we started that. We really started it about a week or two ago with the Book of Acts and what that means to live out the story of the disciples in 2019. Um, you know, I had you read these quotes, and we will land on them here in just a second, but I'd like to actually back it up a little bit. Um, turn to page 149, and if you go to page 149, you'll see the true myth, right? All great stories point to the true great story. This, used, this last section used to be what I call the myth packet. And it's what I would stick on the end of the semester 
for a philosophy class. And I would basically print this thing off down in the copiers and like hand it out to the students and they would sit in my room and we would take three weeks, four weeks and just go through the myth packet to talk about myth and being in the true myth, right? I got this whole concept from Lewis and Tolkien. And if you remember, maybe you fell asleep during the documentary. Who knows? It was pretty, pretty mellow. But the C.S. Lewis documentary has C.S. Lewis as an atheist for 15, 16, 17 years. Hardcore Oxford atheist. Right? And then he pulls an all-nighter with Dyson and Tolkien. And in the morning, the way that I'll phrase it to you is his worldview changed. He went from, (laughs) he went from, oh, myth, not true, to, wait a second, that Bible story, which is mythic and epic, is actually real? Cool. (laughs) I guess I'm living inside of what kind of a story? An epic, mythical story. Right? Are we tracking? And so this is one of the things that I really appreciate about what we're doing right now is this is no small deal. We have C.S. Lewis because of this concept. Tolkien helps Lewis turn into C.S. Lewis. (laughs) But it starts with a conversation about myth. Yeah. So I see at the the beginning here is... Atheist to theist to Christian. Was yeah. he already a theist uh, going into this night, or is this what converted him to theist? This is, this is, I think, where he goes from theism into uh, Jesus. That makes sense because if he's accepting Jesus as myth, then he probably already believed in theism. Yeah. Now he had gone atheism, and then there are some other conversations that he. What he realized, kind of on his own, is if you read the uh, the biographies and all that kind of stuff, is it's the stuff from mere Christianity. Okay. Like he kind of did it to himself. The moral argument, when you have the moral argument, like, are you gonna you're gonna have to go to theism? Oh, you know what? Actually, in this paragraph, it's like, uh, it's already mentioned. Like he read Chester's. Yeah, Everlasting Everlasting Man. Man. So he's already in the theism. He's already there. Okay. Yeah. So this is that, whoa, the Jesus Bible thing, the Christ-centered biblical worldview is actually the way to go. Like, this is the worldview. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, he had the the moral argument, does it, Everlasting Man, does it. And then he actually just rational thinking. That's that one quote that we talked about earlier. It's like, (laughs) wait a second, I'm sawing the branch I'm sitting on when I believe in rational thinking. And it's not even possible to have rational thinking unless there's some type of objectivity to call it rational. Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> right, so he's, he's already landed back into that stuff. The biographies are fun to read. I can get you a couple good ones if you want. Um, but this is that, that night where he's like, oh, we live in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is a myth. Sweet. This is cool. It's actually, honestly, what makes this whole thing so fun. Kind of crazy fun. So I want you to like, this is where I'm going right now with you guys for the next three weeks. <clears throat> I'll never forget that conversation I had with Chris, Christopher Mitchell, Dr. Mitchell. He actually was sitting right here and we were having this conversation. His son was in my class and he worked at the Wade Center at Wheaton College. And the conversation, we were just laughing our way through it like, 
how can we get how many students can we get how many people can we get to try to grab what this amazing gift that Lewis and Tolkien and the Inklings are offering us that this is the worldview this is the way to go um, so you can see what I've done in these pages um, if you go to page 150 and 151 the way that I framed it out in the textbook and what I've been doing for the past two weeks is the the Book of Acts ending and the Superman thing, right? And then Gerard Manley Hopkins' poem, where Christ in me. Um, the two things on page 151 are really where we are right now. The finished story is the grace lesson. Is your name in the Book of Life? If so, am I going to see you in heaven? Good. Finished. It's done. You are sealed for the day of redemption. Done, right? So for the rest of us in the room, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life now that you're going to end up in heaven? <laughs> yeah, that, that's this unfinished story. That's this kingdom-building invitation. That's Gandalf saying to Bilbo, you're not an orc. Great. Okay, um, you're going to sit around and play with mom's dishes and doilies in your hobbit hole for the rest of your life? Like, what are you going to do with your life, Bilbo? Do you want to come kill a dragon? Like, we're going to kill a dragon. This is Jesus saying, I'm resurrecting people from the dead. I'm healing every human being that comes to me who's sick. I'm feeding the poor. I'm restoring the widows. I'm helping the orphans. Anybody want to come do this or not? If you do, two words. Follow me. And I'm not just going to have you follow me so you can talk about it. Follow me and I'll teach you to what? Do this stuff. Kind of cool, really, when we, we boil it down. Um, if you go to page 152, you'll get a quote by this really crazy, cool Franciscan monk named Richard Rohr. That dude dances right on the edge. <laughs> He's like, he can feel the electricity of the electric fence. But I love him because here's the stuff that he says. Things like this quote here. Page, top of page 152 in a guidebook. Much of what passes for spirituality and spiritual practice, prayer days, meditation, retreats, and spiritual direction, contemplation, ritual, and study, is primarily informed by an exclusive attention to the self and maybe your family relationships. Suggesting that much of what we call spirituality is actually some mixture of psychology and private devotion made sacred by the use of religious imagery. Yeah, most of what our Christians are doing is psychology, self-talk psychology. Or, I'm going to call it ritual. Go sing some songs, listen to a sermon, give some money to somebody, do your daily prayers. It's ritual. The ancient Romans did ritual. Tribal religions do ritual. Was Jesus inviting us into that? Ritual? And psychology? I mean, Ready? Yes, actually, yes. Because a lot of that stuff is fantastic. This is what I appreciate about Richard Rohr. He will not negate everything that got you to sitting into my classroom right now. I love that about this guy. He's not going to negate the church, the school, the journey you've been on. He's saying, that's what got you here. Awesome. Bless it and honor it. But if that's all you've settled for with Christianity is some psychology and some ritual... 
Um, my argument is that not that that stuff's worthless, it's just incomplete. I'm concerned that it provides a very limited experience of what Jesus is so passionate about, namely the reign of God, the kingdom of God. Right? This is grace-driven, spirit-filled, love-induced people changing the world, literally. That's just cool. Again, I, I'll say it over and over. The disciples were not bored. Now, I have come to a place where the Lord has allowed me to realize that I, I'm pretty sure that this is my vocation. Like, this is what I'm doing. As many days as I have left, this is what I intend on doing. If it's at Weed Academy, sweet. I've already invited over 2,400 students into this journey. It's always fun to see a few at least take it seriously, right? And you know what? Maybe they will when they're 50 like you know, me, right? Um, I just know, uh, again, not bashing the schools I went to or the churches I went to. But for some reason, when I was 35, this verse hit me. When Jesus says, everyone who believes in me will do the things I do and greater things than these. I did not have a teacher at Wheaton Academy help me take that verse seriously. I just didn't. I sat right downstairs in those metal desks. And, you know, if they did invite me, then I was just clueless. I was the clueless teenager at Wheaton Academy floating through school, not paying attention. Maybe, maybe the people at my church took that verse seriously and invited me into really believing it. I just don't remember them doing it. I'm 35 and I stumble into it. Like, what the heck? That verse is nuts! And then I connect it with verses like, the mystery of the gospel is Christ in your body. Now... I'm starting to realize why Peter, James, and John, James and John will drop their nets and just follow Jesus. They'll just go. Because he's inviting them into this worldview where what is literally possible? Raising the dead? When was the last time you went to a funeral and someone sat up in the casket? If you read the book of Acts and the book of Luke, it happened like three or four times. That's what Jesus was inviting them into craziness awesome cool stuff and he said oh by the way you'll do all these things that you watch me do and you're gonna do crazier things I missed it in high school ten years ago I woke up to it I have now shifted my whole career my life is dedicated to inviting as many people as possible into the journey who's anyone gonna take it seriously I'm hoping a few of you do Right, uh, I've got my website that I'm building right now. I call it In the True Myth based off this whole concept. And on, you can go there. You don't have to go there right now, but I've got all these resources. It's growing. It's totally just me. It's not really professionally done yet. Maybe someday it will. But I travel the country. I'm going to Mount Pisgah, Georgia in June to try and inspire them. I'm going to conferences. I've got you know this kingdom community thing going, this whole concept of true myth. Right? This is this, this chapter that you found in the text. I'm, like, I'm trying to just let people read about it and get invited in. You guys have the book, not just a little chapter online. I've got all these tabs, <laughs> lesson plans for teachers, slideshows, a treasure chest of ideas. 
media, like all videos of my class. I'm doing an audio podcast of my entire class just so people, if they want to listen to it, can. To try and catch the message. So I, I think what I want to do is take a few minutes today just to say, like, for me, this is why I teach philosophy. Of course, I want you to have a practical, applicable way to handle and navigate worldview as you go on your journey through college and beyond, or your first job, or your gap year, or whatever you do. But honestly, that's not even really why I teach worldview. I teach worldview to get you to that point with C.S. Lewis that night where he's like, That's what makes the whole crazy Jesus story sustainable as a worldview, is you've got to see it as a fantasy story that's real and we're in it. Because what I found in my discipleship journey and as I've watched Christians try to live out this discipleship journey, if you don't have a worldview that makes this stuff possible, it's not sustainable. You'll, You'll burn out. Or you'll bump into something like a resurrection and you don't have the worldview that can handle it. Does that make sense? So that's why I'm so passionate about worldview. It's because, like Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of your whole body. Your view. He says the eye. Your view of the world. Your worldview is of utmost importance. That's right out of Jesus' mouth. He says, if your eye is dark, your whole body is dark. If you don't have a worldview that can handle this, quite frankly, it's just not going to work. You won't step into the crazy stuff like I'm inviting my discipleship discipleship class into. Last week in discipleship class, it was resurrection week. Why do we have a resurrection week in discipleship class? Because what did Jesus go tell the disciples to do? Heal the sick. Raise the dead, you know. What did Jesus do? Raise the dead. So what can you and I do? Raise people from the dead, right? So let me frame it for you just to see if we catch it. And then we'll look at the quotes. I'm fine with that. But when we read a verse like the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in your body. Anyone who believes in me will do the things I do and greater things I do. Just take those three verses, smash them together into a moment. Let's say I'm praying with someone who's incredibly sick or they've got a broken leg or they're huge anxiety or they're depressed or they're dying. I can pray. That's fine. Now, if you want the worldview I'm talking about, let's say Jesus walked right through the door. I have students who come and ask me to pray with them a lot. Often what I'll do is they'll sit here. I'll have them pretend that Jesus walks in the door and sits in this little throne right here. In the flesh, Jesus, the dude from 2,000 years ago who got dirt on his feet, is sitting right here. What would he do with this person? It's not a rhetorical question, you guys. Like, what would Jesus do with the sick person sitting in my classroom? Heal him. Done. Right? That's what's possible for you and I as believers. Because how many of you have heard the little phrase that we're going to try and be like Jesus? 
I want you to actually raise your hand if you've heard it. By the way, if you're not raising your hand, you are not paying attention to Wheaton Academy. What is the whole goal of this school? To get students to be like who? Jesus. So you've heard it. You've heard it at home. You've heard it at your churches. You've heard it at school. We're going to be like Jesus. Well, Mr. D's trying to be like Jesus, and I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I've got Jesus' spirit in my body. What's possible for me when I'm praying with this person? Yeah. The whole point is that it would be like Jesus walked in the room in the body because he's in whose body? Mars. He's in my body. So what's possible? If Jesus went to Central DuPage Hospital this afternoon, what would he do? He would just go room to room and do what? Boom. They would just all, he'd clear out the hospital. Is that still possible today? Yeah? Okay, who wants to figure that out? I'm going to figure that out before I die. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just to go to hospitals and clean them out? Well, but see, this is why if you're in college and you're a Christian and you're bored, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's at least figure that out, right? See, I'm 35 and finally started having the worldview that believed that that epic thing is actually what? Right now, 2019. I didn't before. I believed Jesus was going to save me. But if you're bored as a Christian, you don't. You're not getting it. The disciples were not bored. They dropped their stuff to follow Jesus because this dude, there's a funeral going down the middle of the street and this boy sits up in the coffin. That is not boring, right? That's crazy stuff. Every person in the town who was sick got what? Healed. Would that be cool if every single human in, we- in-, in Wheaton or West Chicago got what? Because you took your discipleship journey seriously. Wouldn't that be great? Yes or no? Yeah. Anybody want to figure that out? (laughs) I want to try to figure it out before I die. And if I don't, at least I died trying. Fair enough? But that's the reason why I'm passionate about it and why I feel like God has me at Wheaton Academy still. If it's not going to be this school, then I'm going to go somewhere else. I want to see how many... 17 and 18 year olds I can get to start thinking this way so you have to wait until you're 35 to start thinking this way and I was a Christian my whole life I just didn't what think like this world view like this because if you have this world view will it shape your daily life yeah I mean it can it doesn't have to but if you actually start believing this stuff is possible you'll probably start trying to do it <laughs> and if you're like well, what I prayed for that person's knee it didn't get better. Okay, if Jesus were to pray for the knee, would it get better? Yes or no? Yeah, he wouldn't even pray for it. He would just tell the knee to get better. And would it get better? Yes? Okay, that's our standard. You practice soccer. You practice violin. You practice law. You practice medicine. You practice singing. You practice math. What do we get to practice? Healing. Resurrection. Multiplying food. We get to practice those things. Might as well start now. I mean, actually, for some of you, I'm going to give you an idea. If you've never lived this way, start now. Try it every day, all through college, and see where you are senior year. See how it goes. Right? The disciples had three days, day in, three years, day in, day out with Jesus, really trying and practicing and watching him do all this crazy stuff. Did Peter walk on water freshman year, day three of college? Did he? But guess what he was doing junior year of college? What did Peter do three years in, two and a half years in? The dude walked on water. (laughs) Yeah? 
Ayla, you had your hand up. But is he in you to go heal hospitals? Yeah, but then why does it happen? It does. People do it. Heidi Baker cleared out a whole hospital in Africa that all had cholera. They all went home. And the nurse, who was not a Christian, who was at that hospital, watching all these people die of cholera, said, your God is the real God. I'm coming to work at your clinic. And she did. It does happen. <laughs> That's the thing. But most of us sitting here at Weed Academy don't what? Not, no offense, but we just don't what? Yeah, I was I was here. I didn't believe it, right? <laughs> that's that's what we're trying to say is is the Bible real? Is the Book of Acts real? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Who's gonna go figure it out? If I can be so kind to connect with you on this, I didn't really live this stuff out like I could have. So I think that's why I told you guys the story. What is it? Three, two years ago, I got my five-year-old, who was three at the time, little Olivia. We hadn't seen a resurrection yet, right? So what did I, did I tell you guys this? What did we do all summer? <laughs> yeah, we pulled the car over and prayed for squirrels that were dead to see if any of them would what? Come back. Yeah, right? But the, the key here is most of my students say, well, I haven't seen a healing from someone getting prayed for or I haven't seen a resurrection. Well, how many of you have prayed for resurrection from the dead? Yeah, if you're not praying for it, you're probably not going to what? Yeah. That make, does that make sense? And, but then it was like, yeah, but I did pray last week once and it didn't happen. Once? The disciples were day in, day out for three years straight. <laughs> does that make sense? And, and did stuff start happening in the book of Acts? Yeah, <laughs> right? I, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's why we're studying journey right now, right? Yeah. So we're on a journey. And honestly, most of the people I talk to, it really is a journey. But if we want to start seeing stuff, Maybe we should start what? Praying. Praying for it. I would challenge you. My challenge to you. This is what I challenge my discipleship class. Do one bold prayer a day. Just keep going. I think I already said it to you. Okay, so 100 days in, nothing happens. Hard. <coughs> 200 days. 300 days. Every day you've prayed for a crazy miracle to happen and nothing, right? Okay, so ready, it's, it's day 370, and you pray for a deaf person, and right in front of you they can start hearing. Would it be worth it? For someone like you, Isla, would it be worth it? Totally right. Oh my gosh, I can hear! Right, like how cool! They pull out their hearing aids and throw them in the trash. Would that be worth it? They can hear now for the rest of their life. <laughs> right? That's only a year. See, and when I started teaching this about seven or eight years ago, guess who got a little convicted? <laughs> like, I was like, I just, I don't even do this, right? And I'm the discipleship teacher, what the heck? Right? Like, I'm not even doing it. And that's only just one prayer a day. That's just one a day. Can we do this? Yeah, are we though? Most of us aren't. I mean, that's not being mean. It's just most of us aren't doing it. So can you see why I'm like waving my arms around like, ah, like, uh, let's just, Let's go. Come on. Let's give it a shot, right? Let's try. And here's the key. It's not just about doing it. Jesus didn't just do stuff. Did he have a way that he did this? Yeah, so when you're going to pray for someone every day, love, grace, kindness, gentleness, respect. 
Jesus was incredibly compassionate. One day, he, he raises the dude up in the middle of the streets. He sits up in a casket. That must have been so crazy. <laughs> yeah, but maybe two weeks later, he kicks everybody out of the house. It's just mom and dad and the little girl upstairs, right? Like, we've got to see how he did it. But then what? Go for it. But practice, too. We're going to screw up. Say you're sorry when you screw up. Yeah. Um, would you say, like, physical healing is, like, an ideal use of prayer and your gifts and stuff? Because, like, I think it's really impressive. I think it's crazy. It's fun. And I, I think it could convict people in ways yeah. other things can't. Yeah. But I feel like we can also use our gifts, like, more indirectly. And that's also, you know. Totally. But that, I don't think those are antithetical. Yeah, yeah, like they're. I'm just saying, most of us have not stepped into this type of worldview. Yeah, we haven't tapped into, and this is like as this is taking the worldview to its furthest. That's that's why I did that Richard Rohr quote. Is is the psychology good? Is preaching good? Is teaching good? Is being generous with your money good? Is loving the person at lunch today good? All those things are great. I'm just saying most of us just stop there at all this really safe stuff that actually the kindest pagan does, you know? What I'm saying is that this mythical worldview allows you to do all those things and infuse them with supernatural Christ power in you, right? Does that make sense? And then when you do that, what's possible? Well, you can be nice to someone at lunch. If they don't have a lunch, like pray for one to show up, you know, or go buy them one. Both of those are what? Wonderfully loving and kind. Does that make sense? Yeah? And that's the key here is none of it's really necessary, but it sure is fun and exciting and kingdom building and really cool. Well, I was thinking of break out of ritual and your ability and your, your capability to do whatever you're doing is from God and you're doing something for God, but it's not necessarily like physical healing. It's just like, so like maybe you have some vision yeah. for some ministry. That yeah. That's all great. If you keep going, I'll be like, yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. And 1 Corinthians 12, body of Christ, all these things. And Romans 12, all these gifts. There's, what is it? Behaziel or whatever in the Old Testament was really good with gold. So they had him pound out awesome gold stuff for the temple. Yeah. There you go. I just asked because I think it'd take a while for me to like um, unlearn yes. stuff until I can believe that, you know, I'm meant to. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You don't ever have to do it, but could you? No, that's cool. It's cool to see, like, the extreme of where you can take. Yeah, where you can take it. That's what this is all about is if you have a mythical worldview, how far can you take it? Really far. Yeah. And what I'm going to do in about two weeks, no, yeah, about two weeks, is we're going to get to the council at Rivendell. You are the... Fellowship of the Ring. What my passion is, we don't need a school filled with Gandalfs because we need Aragorns and Legolases and Gimli's and Frodo's and Sam's and Mary's and Pippin's. Does that make sense? Like, I just don't want 600 Gandalfs. But can we at least have one? <laughs> right? Right? Like, we don't need, like, one Gandalf and then not call them weird and demonic and run him out of town? Like, He's Gandalf. We like him. We want him on the journey. You know, that makes sense. Can we at least make space for those who want to do the healings to what? Do them? That's, that's, that's my passion. Because I think some churches skew it 
by saying, we all have to do everything. And it's like so unbiblical. It's body of Christ. You could be the supernatural artist. You guys are awesome. Have fun. Isla, you're, you rock. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so the bullet points are all these things. So this is like the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You like this? Oh my gosh, so fun. That's my favorite movie. So fun. So fun. Perfect. Okay. I've had a couple people do it. All right, so give the scene and then dot, dot, dot okay. of these types of things in that scene. And then you're all set. Crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Good crazy. Yeah. The best crazy. <laughs>